1: Welcome in to the Summer Fever episode. We have been dying to get back in the studio, and we're finally here reunited in person in front of Mike's Tom Canterbury and Gray Robertson. Tom. It is so good to see you in the same room talking into a microphone. Six feet apart, though. Of course. (laughs) The desk actually provides for natural
0: social distances. Yes, it works out well. But Yeah, I'm I'm excited. We're able to be in the same room and one of us not on TV. I mean, one of us not on telephone or uh, Zooming or any other way that we're actually talking to each other face-to-face. I like it. Yes, this works. Human interaction. It's a fun thing.
1: It's it's really fun. Here, off camera, off screen fist bump. There we go. Yes, yes, yes. look at that. Society. <laughs> we're, we're doing our best to get back to normal. Yes. This is the Out of the Box summer episode. We've got some ideas for later on in the off season that we'll cover later. Season three is going to be great. We're not previewing that right now because quite frankly, we don't know what season three is going to look like from who our knows? perspective who knows or what from anything. a softball perspective. Yeah,
0: who knows? what? We don't know what's happening tomorrow, much less what's yes. happening in February at this point, but Whatever, whatever the season looks like, we will be there. Yeah, I, I, that's the only thing I know.
1: I'd love to say, oh, this is the date of our fall ball episode. Right now, fall ball doesn't look likely.
0: So who yeah. knows? <laughs> who knows what's happening?
1: Who knows? But we're going to talk about softball and just lots of stuff here in this special summer episode. We will begin at the plate as we do. Actually, Tom, since our last podcast, a lot of Alabama
0: news. Yeah. Just a surprising amount <laughs> stuff is happening, so I'm looking forward to talking about some of that. Some uh, people leaving the program and uh, others coming in. So yes, uh, l- l- some some movement. Which and again, we're going to be now. Rosters are going to be in such a flux, you know, for the next four or five years, feeling the 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 effects of what happened this season.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be wild. Also at the plate, I'm going to talk about my summer and I'm not going to, you know, go on gray story time, but I was doing broadcasting for the first ever summer softball league and I witnessed a lot. I met a lot of people. The first bullet point is acts of betrayal because Tom, I'm friends with an Oklahoma Sooner now.
0: Are you okay with that? Well, I was worried you were going to say watching Husky. So <laughs> them
1: too. Oh wow! I know. I'll, I'll explain later. Uh. I'm so sorry. Then we'll advance to first and do mailbag. We've got questions about softball. We've got questions about true crime podcasts. Oh, there will wow. be a hefty serial debate. Hefty
0: cereal debate. Like breakfast cereal? Like breakfast cereal. When you said podcast and cereal, I was like, I've never listened to it. That's a fair point, and I realize your confusion. Right, (laughs) Right. okay. But, oh, I'm all in for breakfast cereal (laughs) The look you gave me. I was like, that's all you, big guy. I don't know any about that one. It is a good
1: podcast, but it's fine. Stealing second, (laughs) I'm going to chat with Michaela Transu, the FGCL Coach of the Year, Volunteer Assistant at Missouri, also besties with our bestie, Morgan Lashley. Oh, awesome. Which... Before we move on, congratulations to Morgan Lashley and Anthony Sinello. Our pals
0: are engaged. Yes, congratulations. Uh, We are pushing for the Hawaii wedding. Uh, Not sure if that's going to happen, but, I mean— it's not all about you guys. It's about the people that are coming to the wedding, Morgan. Come on. We are looking for ways
1: to enjoy ourselves, which right. would mean lava flows. <laughs> and I, I don't know. What song should we sing at the wedding, Tom? Are we emceeing the wedding? Is that Are we doing like a I, trivia night?
0: I would certainly hope so.
1: Okay. that's it, well, It's on the docket. Yeah,
0: with, with, uh, I, I think the first dance should be Dixieland Delight. <laughs> I mean, 100%. I think they're on board with that. <laughs> I think Anthony will agree. <laughs> Morgan won't, but Anthony Man. is down. Well, again, it's Maybe. not all about you, Morgan. <laughs> yeah,
1: that can be the one thing Anthony decides for the wedding. We all know with these weddings, it's oh. always the bride that makes the choices, but we're going to let Anthony right. have one thing. Come on. I'll be Dixieland to on the dance floor. <laughs> we're going to round third and break through some transfer portal news, a lot of big-time players making moves, and then we're going to talk Athletes Unlimited. We'll discuss that more in the mailbag, but – we're going to do our own version of what they're doing, smaller version, but, uh, and I'll explain when we get there. Just stay tuned. It, okay. It's going to essentially be a draft of the players that are in Athletes Unlimited. So stay Ooh. tuned to that. Okay. And then we will head home because, good Lord, I've got off the wall. <laughs> <laughs> I've got stuff. And then we'll uh, let you know what else we're going to do before season three
0: it's a little harder to find off the wall things when like the entire world has gone off the wall (laughs) the answer is 2020 (laughs) yeah yeah, it's pretty much the who had murder hornets coming in that type of thing
1: okay so before we dive into what's going on around alabama tom the last time that we were on the air together Mm -hmm. we did a draft with our friends brian rice amanda scarborough jen schroeder congratulations to jen winning by two votes, oh. two, <laughs> two votes. But you have some beef with them.
0: I don't have it necessarily with them. I just... With, with, the, with the process, with, I, I'll say. Right, with with the process, because I'm sorry, there's no way my team shouldn't have at least been in the finals if not win the whole thing. <laughs> I mean, my team was absolutely stacked. No one is scoring on Kelly Barnhill and Montana Fouts. I, I picked... <laughs> Read off the outfield. Alyssa Brown. Yeah. Michelle Moultrie. Right. Kayla Brown. I picked Michelle Moultrie last. She's on Team USA. She was player of the year on a national championship team. There's not going to be a fly ball that will fall in the outfield with those three defensively, plus what they bring you offensively. And then around the horn, Charlotte Morgan, Alyssa DiCarlo, Hugo at second, Cheek at third. Best pick Tory of the draft. Vidalis. Chelsea Bramlett catching. Chelsea Bramlett behind the plate. How is that team not at least in the finals of a five person of a five team league? Come on. I agree personally.
1: Come on, voters. Because I actually I thought Scarborough's team was better than Jen's team. Right. So because Jen's team, her pitching staff was not the strength, I think. Hannah Rogers. Allie Wall-Jasper, that's it. Her utility was Savannah Jaquish, which right. I'll talk about later. Great pick based on what I saw last week, mm-hmm. but you're going with two pitchers, and your choices are Hannah Rogers, who isn't even the best Florida pitcher that was picked for any of these teams, and I wouldn't even say top two, because Lauren Hager would be my other choice, and Allie Wall-Jasper, who wasn't the best pitcher on her team at LSU.
0: Yeah.
1: But she won. Because I guess Aubrey Monroe
0: is a big retweeter. Uh, well, yeah. Well, and then yeah, Tori Vidalis tried to help me out, which I appreciate her. Okay, I, I maybe Jen Schroeder and, and Scarbo have a few more fans, a little bit more notoriety than we do. Just slightly. Maybe a little bit. That might have helped. <laughs> uh,
1: the brand is building, but we can't beat right. those two <laughs> quite yet. Not, not
0: quite there yet. We
1: didn't but... literally craft a softball no. school out of thin air <laughs> to teach thousands. No. That's up to them. Okay, shall we get to some Alabama news? Yes. Okay, so this is, I guess, quote-unquote breaking because I saw it mentioned in an article. It was never really addressed anywhere else, but we'll talk about it because since it's in an article, it's public, right? and we can, I guess, confirm it, and that's the retirement due to uh, injuries for Carla Heis, which is sad because you hate to see players have to drop out of the game because of something beyond their control, but... I mean, what a way to sign off a career.
0: Yeah. It's like, <laughs> no better way than your final two games get walk off RBIs. Uh, that's what Carla I said at Alabama. And yeah, it was one of those things where, you know, she, she commits and she signs at Alabama. And then in, in the end of her high school career, she starts to develop. Developing a chronic injury, and she gets to Alabama is, is never able to do behind the plate like she was going to. Obviously, got to hit some, got some uh, some pinch hit at bats, so she was never near one hundred percent, and it just wasn't going to get any better for her. So, yeah, you know, sad to see that, not entirely unexpected, I don't think, because of yeah. that situation. But uh, we definitely wish her well, and uh, as far as I know, she's going to stay at Alabama and continue to uh, pursue her degree, and uh, things will go well for her.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm excited to see her around the capstone assuming that we're around the capstone very soon. Sure. And I hope that she comes to Rhodes often because she was a very valuable part of the program, part of Mm -hmm. the team. And like you talked about, what a way to ride off into the sunset. Yeah. uh, Two very different walk-offs in the way that they happened and the way that she hit the ball. But – Man, and she had a double in her first ever college at bat. I think yeah. the uh, the weekend before, maybe two weekends before. So a good, solid career for Carla Heiss. We wish it was longer, but we understand. Obviously, you do what you got to do, and we uh, we wish her very well going forward.
0: And I think she would have been a a uh, you know, a weapon off the bench for for Patrick Murphy had the twenty twenty season continued.
1: Yeah, for sure. Another one, Mary Greg Anderson in the transfer portal. She was the walk-on that came on. It was going to be really interesting, I think, to try and see how that piece would have maneuvered considering all the seniors were coming back. Plus, you've got actually a decently hefty recruiting class in terms yeah. of just sheer numbers. But Mary Greg said, you know what? I'm going to try something else somewhere else, and I don't think she's picked a spot, but just like the other players have have entered the transfer portal since we've started this podcast, best of luck to her, and we're going to hope... Uh, that she does well wherever she ends
0: up, and we're going to cheer for. Her. I think you're going to see this in a lot of the you know the major programs. You're going to see because you have all this influx of seniors that you thought were going to be gone. Coming back, uh, in addition to the people coming in, there's not going to be a whole lot of room for walk-ons. There's, you know, for the, you know, the pin, the pinch runner type. You know, sometimes they can be very important parts of your program. But you know, when when you have a a certain cap number that you don't want to go over, you know, sometimes unfortunately the walk-ons become the the collateral damage of that. But uh, that might be a positive for you know, some mid-major type teams that they're able to pick up. Some people maybe throw them a little bit of scholarship money and they may be able to play a little bit more and they'd be more receptive to playing for a for a mid-major or lower major uh, instead of walking on at a, at a power five so that may be the case for for mg and we we hope she uh, lands somewhere that she gets to play and, and continues to have a good career
1: yeah i mean the one thing unfortunately that we know about her is that she's fast yeah i wish that we could have seen her hit i think those chances would have come eventually but alabama's playing the toughest non-conference schedule in program history so <laughs> right it unfortunately never came about but best of and- luck to her
0: and she scored the uh, the walk off run in the eight nothing victory over Washington in five innings. That's true. You'll never forget that. Will well, you? not one of my favorite games. The, the only game of consequence that happened in twenty twenty.
1: Nothing else has happened <laughs> no, 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 in twenty twenty. No, no, nothing
0: else except that. Right.
1: All right. So this was news as of what three hours ago for mm-hmm. this recording. Now it had been
0: Th- this this kind of breaks the trend because usually the breaking news happens right after we finished recording.
1: Yes, and I'm glad. Frankly, <laughs> I would have. Kind of wish to bring it up because I had heard about this a little bit earlier, but I, you know you don't want to be the one that does it. Mm-hmm. So now that it's out there, we can talk about it. Courtney Gettins to Texas wow. as a volunteer assistant from Jacksonville, volunteer assistant to Texas. That is just a gigantic leap from from a solid school in the A Sun to maybe the favorite to win the Big Twelve in 2021 and yeah. looking like it in 2020 for sure. I mean, good gracious, congrats to court.
0: Yeah, I'm going to be going to a national title contender for years to come with what's being built there in in Austin, and Alabama is going to uh – if everything goes according to uh, the schedule, Alabama will be in Austin to start off the season uh, in 2021. We'll get to C-Court. court, and it, it is no surprise to me that she is having success as as a uh, as a coach. I think she was very important, very key to the 2019 success for Alabama. And if you look at it statistically, maybe on field, you, you, if someone says that and you look at it, well, the stats don't really show that. But what she was able to do as kind of the, the mother of the bullpen, as as Coach uh, Seth uh, called her. And uh, she was really you know a captain of the, of the team and, and uh, was really a, a glue-type player for that 2019 SEC Championship team for Alabama and uh, really just kind of extending that on into her coaching career.
1: Yeah, and I know she's not the quote-unquote pitching coach, but she's going to work with the pitchers. Yeah, And Texas has got some dang good pitchers. You got Elish, you got Shailen O'Leary, and previously, my girl, we'll see if... We'll see if I pick her up ever again. Molly Jacobson transferring Mm. from Ole Miss going to Texas, and you're right. It's not a secret. Patrick Murphy talked about it whenever we had him on uh, five years ago, a.k.a. (laughs) the beginning of quarantine. Uh We are opening in Austin, and that'll be a lot of fun for us. It's a big series for a lot of reasons. We'll talk about that when the season comes, but it'll just be really fun to go to an unfamiliar place and see a familiar
0: face oh yeah i'm very much looking forward to it yeah so
1: congratulations courtney Gettens. the final alabama storyline we've talked a lot about the pitchers we've got four coming back next year they're going to be really good forget 2020 all the ones that had bad years have said that's never happening again 2021 is going to be incredible those are the four returning Two are coming in, including Jayla Torrance, who won the U18-2020 USA Softball Golds National Championship. It's a mouthful, but it happened. With the <laughs> Birmingham Thunderbolts, I believe she was the winning pitcher in that game as well. Congratulations to Jayla Torrance. Pitching will be dope next year. I say,
0: <laughs> Alabama's uh, pitching staff will be a stupid good, as the kids say. <laughs> Which uh, it's what <laughs> if anyone follows us on Twitter, which I assume you do if you're listening to this podcast. But uh, yeah, that, that when I you you posted from our our Twitter account that stud pitching continues at Alabama, and I first read it really fast. I thought it said stupid pitching, and I was like, wow, that's not. I've never heard it slang used quite that way before. And then I reread it. I was like, oh, okay. But it's stupid I'm, good. It's I'm gonna not be that youthful, Tom. <laughs>
1: it, it will be stupid in that the hitters will look as such right, facing these people. And and just from a strategy perspective, I, I think six is a lot, so I wouldn't be surprised if we see one of the freshmen, Alex Salter or Jayla Torrance, redshirted. I wouldn't venture to guess that that's going to happen because we've tried to predict Patrick Murphy's maneuvers. I wouldn't venture to guess if he did, which freshman it would be, but six arms is a lot <laughs> yeah. no matter what level you're at
0: <laughs> yeah i mean it, it, at at some point it becomes you know you you have you're going to have two maybe two maybe three people just not being used just sitting around which i mean for depth wise that's that's good but at the same time everyone you know needs to have a a place everyone needs to have a position right uh to come into and and six may be a lot so i agree i think you'll probably see at least one red shirt uh i would be shocked if it's shayla Torrance, though She's pretty good. My goodness.
1: (laughs) Okay. Let's go on to my summer. I was down in Florida for five weeks at the FGCL, the Florida Gulf Coast League. First time ever. Summer softball has been a thing, which I think we can both agree long overdue. Should have happened. Absolutely. I just kind of saw what was going on, sent an email, said I want to be your broadcaster. And they said, sure, we need to find a way for you to broadcast, but we'll do it. And Long story short, I was there for five weeks, watched the whole league. Congratulations to the River You're champs, a 10-9 victory over the Squeeze. Tom, I learned a lot while I was down there. It was interesting because I kind of popped out of the SEC bubble and saw people from all over the country. I became friends with our enemies. Mm. And... I also got to see kind of some of the competition that we're going to see in the next couple years, whether it's in 2021, based on the rough draft schedule we've seen, which, again, who knows if that'll actually be what happens, (laughs) or just in years after. It was really, really fascinating, and I'm so glad that I did it, but I do have to apologize. I am now friends with some Huskies, Sooners, Seminoles, and, pause for gasp, Gators. Wow. Are you okay? Not really. Have I have I done dishonor to the Canterbury name? (laughs) Have I half the logo of this podcast can be sawed off in shame?
0: (laughs) You should certainly hide hide your head (laughs) in 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 shame and and, uh, just uh, dis. dis, I cannot. uh, it Washington Husky? I know.
1: They were cool. What? No, they're not. I, and I made, Come on. What's funny is I – all right, so I'm talking about Stormy Kosselnick. This is an incoming freshman. People, she's going to be big. She. I think she's going to at least start half of her freshman year, and that's with seniors coming back. She's wow. that good. All right. So I'm joking with her about the complicated history between Alabama and Washington before games have even begun. And so I don't know. And then I started talking to these players more and more, and then Heather Tarr followed me on Twitter. And I could tell she followed me for the clips of her players and not because she actually knew who I was. Well, okay. Well, that's understandable. (laughs) But it was just... They were just cool people. And trust... Now, don't get me wrong. When Alabama eventually does play Washington in the World Series next year, I will absolutely (laughs) relish talking smack to Stormy (laughs) and Ari Quinones. But... Because that's 100% going to happen. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Just like... Well, I'll get to that in a second. But (laughs) at the same time, it's hard to... Blindly detest a program when yeah. you've gotten to know some of the people.
0: I'm, I'm sorry, I, and I'm I'm kidding for the most part. <laughs> I, I understand they're they're nice people. They are good people. They're good people individually.
1: <laughs> the organization, we can uh, you know. Yeah. All right. So some people I want to get to just to highlight before I talk about our trip to the SA Pride. Lizzie Schubert at Stetson. I just I, this is the only time I've ever thought this. I almost texted Patrick Murphy and said, "Can we play Stetson?" Just because Lizzie Schubert is my favorite person in the whole world. Oh, she's super cool. First one there, last one to leave. Even on the last day, she walked out with all the coaches and staff to the cars. Energetic person. I, I can't even think of a comp. She's like Sarah Cornell. She is very Sarah Cornell esque, except she is turned up to a thousand every every second mm-hmm. she is super cool mac leonard out of illinois state i don't want to schedule illinois state because mac leonard was mvp of the league for a reason she can hit her average was 480 this summer and she had a 1-3 era so she can do it all she's very good i've already mentioned stormy Kotslnick. taylor gilmore is a pitcher for colorado state best pitch in the league was her changeup. we will see her at some point very soon, no spoilers, but we will see her very soon when she takes on Alabama. Madison McPherson, a pitcher that you might not remember, but she actually pitched for Georgia a couple years ago, transferred to Georgia Tech. But when she was with the Bulldogs, we saw her here hmm. in that sweep that uh, ended with the tie walk-off, just to right. remind people. And finally, I, Sarah I, Longley. I enjoyed that series. That yes, was yeah, mm-hmm. that was fun. Uh-huh. Finally, Sarah Longley from Florida. People, I think she is your new starting shortstop for the Florida Gators. Wow. She, she's very good. She can bat. She played shortstop every day in the summer. She's legit. Now, we took a select number of those to the Space Coast, which at first I didn't understand. I thought, why are they calling it the Space Coast? And I remembered the Candy Space Center is right. right
0: there. It's right there, right. Yeah, some... I'm bad at it. Um, when we used to go to the moon, that's where yeah. we started from. Yes. Back in the day. Right, back in the day. Right.
1: So the first two games, not great. You trip. And this is a team filled with our, all our old enemies. These are legit enemies. Shay right. Knighton, Amanda Lorenz, <laughs> Savannah Jaquish, right. Jesse Warren, all the legends. Jessica Burrows, Dallas Escobedo, Megan Good, who <laughs> so at oh, JMU for wonderful. a thousand years. Right, yes, yeah, So these are all very talented players. We get crushed. Game yeah. one, it's 9 nothing. Game two, it's 6 nothing. A little closer. I don't think it's as non-competitive as the score indicated. But I would like to invite all of you to the Church of Kenawilke. This is the number 2 for Northwestern. She shouldn't be anymore. I've said that publicly many times. Northwestern, I'm putting you on blast. Wilkie deserves more innings. She went four complete against U-Trip and gave up three hits, one out of the infield, two walks, and one strikeout. In the fourth inning, the bases were loaded with one out. She struck out Oklahoma legend Shelby Pinley, and then got Jesse Warren to ground out weakly to, I think, Devin Flaherty from Florida State at short. I was so impressed. This was a pitcher that if you just take the leash off, look out. And I know we were both Northwestern quote-unquote haters in 2020 because, frankly, they didn't play well. Even though they had the
0: reigning... National freshman of the year. For sure. Quote-unquote.
1: I I think Kenna Wilkie is better, though, than that reigning freshman of the year. Wow. And Northwestern, lean in. Give Kenna Wilkie your innings, the big innings, the important ones, because I saw her go toe-to-toe, make Amanda Lorenz look silly a couple times to the point where Lorenz took a step back and just kind of shook her head as if to say, huh, I didn't expect that pitch to be there. This is the number two at Northwestern. She's going to be— she is legit Northwestern treater as so. Wow. Yeah. So, finally, takeaways for me. I think the players need it, Tom. I, I think that when we look at what COVID has done to a lot of these rosters, you were talking about how there aren't room for the walk-ons, and there are going to be more players competing for positions. Right. This league is critical for players like that because they need that development. I think every number 2 at a Division One school, pitching-wise, should pitch in this league I think if you're fighting for a starting spot like Sarah Longley at Florida, you should pitch in this league. I mean, I only see positives here. There are a couple scheduling things that they're working on for year two, but I think that there are certainly people at Alabama that could have used this this summer, and I hope more people across the country take advantage of it.
0: I know there was a couple of players that were kind of looking at it from Alabama, but then injuries or certain other things kind of kept him yeah. from being able to play. But uh, yeah, I, I agree. I think this is a really good thing. Uh, hopefully, it'll be able to even expand and get bigger as things move on to give more opportunities. Uh, I think it was very important for this year in particular for, the, for them to be able to play because you know there are a lot of these, a lot of these players. You know, you've they've lost practice time they've lost instructional time they've lost just competition competition right uh so much needed practice and much needed reps i'm sure were were taken uh, by everybody involved and so much of these type of leagues too it's the games are important but it, you know, the extra practice time and, and just uh, getting out there and maybe hearing a little different voice than what you're used to hearing, coaching wise, may give you a little different insight, different places. So uh, I can't I can't see there anything but positives for anyone who played in this thing as well.
1: Yeah, and I think another example of that is Mac Leonard. She was already a leader at Illinois State. She was a kind of player who was from Illinois. She grew up fifteen minutes away from Illinois State. Went there because it's close to home. But she's she could play. of schools in America. And she's a leader for the Redbirds. She comes down in the Summer League and against new people, playing with new people that she's never met, maybe a couple that she knew previously just from conference competition. She was able to lead and be that person in the dugout, that person that everybody looked to because she was able to mold her leadership style to. Adjust with new folks who'd never met her, and I think that experience as well is almost as valuable as the playing time.
0: Yeah, one hundred percent. Again, like like I said, with uh, when you're practicing, you're hearing coaching, a different voice, coaching wise. But also, when you're on a team, you gotta get used to being on the same team with the same people. This gives you a chance to, you know, how do I fit in if I'm, you know, put into a whole whole new situation? What do I do? Sometimes you can find your voice as a leader. Or you can find your voice as a a supporter or different things and that that you can take back to your... To your real squad.
1: Yeah. It's gonna I my favorite part about this, Tom, I hope you don't get weirded out by me bringing up just random schools and the, the No, that's fine. No. Cook's Fest control scoreboard it's update of, say, Yeah. Why are we talking about Stetson and Jacksonville?
0: But <laughs> Man, the, you're really on the Hatters this I, year. What is happening? I'm telling you, Lizzie yeah.
1: Schubert, that's my girl. They have multiple Stetson people in this league as well. That's gonna be a really good team. My favorite incoming freshman pitcher, Lauren Hobbs, also going to Stetson. She's got good stuff. I just Stetson's my A son pick to okay, win next right. year. I'll just put that out there now. Sounds good. Okay, Tom. So that's it for our, our at the plate segment. We've put it in play. Who are we
0: as we sit here and stew <laughs> in the summer? I don't. I, I don't even remember anymore who's on the team. It, it has been so long. I feel as though. Hey,
1: I've got it. Are you ready? One last parting shout out. We are Carla Heiss.
0: Aww. Yes. We get sentimental here at Out of the Box. Of course, we'd be walking off
1: if, if it was, but
0: still, I, I, I'm it's with you. i fine. Yes. You, you get what I'm saying.
1: Yes. We are Carla Heiss. We are walking it off, except sticking around and advancing <laughs> to first. <laughs> <Except> some... <laughs> it is mailbag time. Even when nothing's going on, stuff is still going on. And it is time to discuss and debate. You've got questions. We've got our best answers, we hope. Mm. <laughs> the advancing to first segment coming up here on the Out of the Box podcast. Welcome back. We're advancing to first here on the Out of the Box Podcast. Gray Robertson, Tom Canterbury. We've got mail. Oh. Ding, okay. ding, ding. I like it. Yes. I tried to do my best impersonation of, was it Dell that had that?
0: AOL. That AOL. AOL. Wow. Yes.
1: Man. Talk. I... Of, we were just talking about how the Bama U bracket feels like a long time. <laughs> AOL.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> you had to get the CDs, and you got 1,500 hours of AOL time. <laughs> well, as you wait for your computer
1: to boot up with the unfortunate-sounding hum or whatever that was, <laughs> we'll get to the mailbag. You've got questions. We've got answers. Our first question comes from Gina Snyder, one of the coaches in the FGCL. The best college softball rivalry,
0: hmm. Tom?
1: What say you? Now, I will preface this by saying Gina Snyder,
0: graduate of Arizona, so I know what answer she is looking for. Oh, she would say UCLA, Arizona, for sure. Historically, that's probably you know the two biggest, but it's 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 Red Sox Yankees basically uh, of college softball. From the Bama bias, I would say Alabama, Florida, uh, in the last decade has become one of the toughest. They they have, they have won every SEC championship now for is it eight years.
1: I it's, think it's, it's more.
0: It might be more than that. I think yeah. it's more. But it, it's been a, it's been a while since anybody other than those two teams, and that's amazing to say considering uh, how good softball has been in the conference. So I think Alabama, Florida is probably in that uh, conversation. What, what, Does anyone what do else think?
1: come to mind? I I wanted to say Oklahoma, Texas, but Oklahoma's dominated that series. Right. I. It, that would be like calling Alabama-Tennessee football the greatest rivalry, which which there is that rivalry nature to it, but just the results don't You're match right. that
0: exactly. Um,
1: you know, I you've kind of got a UCLA-Arizona, maybe Washington UCLA there yeah. as well, and then kind of an Alabama-Florida all thrust up end of the top. Yeah, and then everybody versus Oklahoma.
0: Right. Yeah, that's the thing. Oklahoma dominates the Big Twelve at at such a such a clip for pretty much. The the entire program's history, uh, back you know, not counting you know like the Cat Osterman years of of Texas, those type of things. But it's been it's Oklahoma and everybody else, so it's hard to say. You know, as much as people might hate Oklahoma, Oklahoma's probably sitting above everybody else, right? You know, not feeling the same way. I,
1: I don't know the series history. I'd have to assume it's one sided all time. But I would throw LSU and Louisiana in there probably yeah probably I mean, not the greatest but i'd say i'd say that'd be fringe top three top five
0: yeah i mean there, there's a lot of those the uh either the uh general historical rivalries the the ones that are you know geographic rivals you know alabama auburn alabama dominates the series but right. you know i don't like them and i don't think they like <laughs> us uh, so so i mean there's a there's a lot of that
1: uh okay so what's your answer
0: Gonna have to go UCLA Arizona. Yeah,
1: me too. Congrats, Gina. Yes, you, you got what you wanted. All right, all right. Sydney Little John Watkins. No, the best true crime
0: podcast. You a big podcast listener, Tom? Be careful as you answer. <laughs> this here's here's something that may shock you. I you know I do this podcast. I have another podcast that's about to get going. We'll talk about when when it Ooh. gets going. Yeah, not softball related. Uh uh-huh. but. I was about to say I hope not otherwise <laughs>
1: right. that's very offensive I, yeah, that I'm I not a part literally of that. have outside
0: <laughs> of this and the uh, <laughs> and the broadcasts I don't have a whole lot else to talk about with softball that being said I don't really listen to a lot of podcasts really? I'm not a big podcast listener
1: okay so but so you you mentioned earlier you did not get caught up in the serial crisis no
0: no I would say I more I binge watch a lot of things like on Netflix and those type of things yeah, I like a lot of true crime stuff on Netflix. Uh, but podcast wise, n- n- not a big, not a big listener. Hmm.
1: Okay, I I do have some. I did because you know me, I go on these road trips. Sure. And it came to a point where I just couldn't listen to shuffle for nine hours. So <laughs> I started to get into the podcast game. I did listen to Serial. I listened to season one. I listened to ten minutes in season two and thought, "There's got to be something else I can wow. listen to." Okay. So I, I'm sure it was good. I just. It it just—I wasn't feeling it at Mm -hmm. the time. Right. There is a podcast, though, about a murder in Selma of a preacher during the civil rights movement, uh, Dr. James Reeb, I think. And I found out about it because my teacher put it together for NPR. He was my teacher on a study abroad when I went to Ireland. His name is Andy Grace. Andy, if you somehow find this, you're (laughs) the greatest. He put out this podcast with NPR called White Lies. It's with another professor here at Alabama. It's just really interesting, and they just go and find out why this murder was never solved and see if they can find out who did it. And no spoilers for me if you want to go check it out, but that is my favorite. I listened to it when I would do my CBS road trips during the fall this past year. It's really, really entertaining, and I think true crime podcasts... Those are really cool, especially when you see them actually make a difference in some cases. Right,
0: And I think you're going to see that, too, with uh, – you and I talked about uh, Unsolved Mysteries being on yes. Netflix. Uh, there's a couple of those. I'm like, how in the world did did we just stop looking? How, how, how did we not not figure this out? There's, especially the one I've actually seen a story since – uh, there was the one of the the possible hate crime yeah. at, at a at a party in Kansas that they have officially reopened that case. Good and 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 that, that seemed to be one that it's like this shouldn't be that difficult to find the people at this party and we'll be able to figure out something. Yeah. Uh, so, but I, I agree though. Those are the type of things where like it's good to see you're able to figure something out. Yeah. Uh, so like making a murderer on on Netflix. Absolutely. I, yeah.
1: All that kind of stuff. It's good. Even when you look at historical cases. You know, I don't want to dive too much into it, but I think one of the best TV shows I've ever seen was American Crime Story when they did the People versus OJ Simpson. Just oh, yeah. because, and I know it's traumatized for television, but a lot of it did reveal true information that I never would have known, no matter how much Wikipedia research right. I did about the OJ trial.
0: Well, so, some of that is 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 showing your age, though. I no, that's true. I vividly remember.
1: Yeah, OJ but, but I trial. think that but, that's what's great right, about it because sure. it's available for yeah. people of my generation, and it's on Netflix still. I think
0: it is. Yeah, either
1: um, either that or it's still on our DVR because Dad's been saying he's going to watch it for three years. I
0: I, I vividly remember in uh, ninth grade health class, them wheeling in the TV Ooh. and watching the verdict uh, of the OJ Simpson trial. Wow! Right, right before lunch, right here at Central High School in Tuscaloosa.
1: That's that's wild. Yeah, I oh, the yeah. only time they ever did that at Crestline in Birmingham was to watch that one year Alabama was the five seed in the NCAA tournament oh. and lost to Wisconsin, Milwaukee, coached by Bruce Pearl. Yes.
0: And that, that was, was a sad day. Literally the first game of the tournament. It was tipped it tipped off at like ten thirty A. M. <laughs> yeah. And it was in Cleveland, Ohio. I'll never forget it. Oh, my God. It was uh, was not fun. Not fun at all.
1: All right, let's transition into something more (laughs) softball-related in this mailbag. Bree Billington submitted two really good questions. We'll start with the first. Okay. Our way-too-early 2021 starting lineup. So two ways that we can go about this, Tom. We can go by position or we can go by batting order. I'm thinking we start with position and then maybe craft a batting order if we want. Okay, yeah. Defense. All right. All right, Uh, left field, who you got? Uh, I think you're going to stick with Mac. I agree. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, center field, Alyssa Brown. Alyssa Brown, right? Right field, KB Sides. Yeah.
0: yeah. Ooh, were you were you thinking I'm, something else? No, it's just I'm you know I'm kind of I know you're going to be controversial later on when we <laughs> talk about this, so I'm trying to figure out where to, where else to put this person we're going to be controversy about. Uh, but yeah, it's going to be KB. Okay. okay. Yeah, yeah, I think that's pretty set. Yeah.
1: You know, touch on Jenna Johnson. I think she's going to be just kind of a. a Someone who's fighting for playing time, but it's going to be tougher in an era where you've just got more people on the roster, more than Alabama's ever had. So I expect to see her play a lot. I think we're going to see the starting lineup be very different probably in every game this year, and I think Jenna will be a top three most dangerous pinch hitter in the SEC. And she is good enough to contend for starting time, but I think if I'm looking at who would I start for, I assume, game one or two against Texas. Jenna would not be in my outfield. Yeah. All right. I'll go. We'll go full infield, uh, third all the way to first, Tom. Okay. Who do you have?
0: Uh, I'd say Maddie Morgan at third. Short, uh, if she's able to come back 100%, Claire. Mm-hmm. Uh, second base, I think Bailey Dowling. Ooh. Wow.
1: Yeah. Okay. Wow. I, whoa. Okay. Yeah. Go keep going. Yeah. Bailey
0: Hemphill at first.
1: Okay. So I'll give mine and then we'll discuss this. So I've got Maddie at third, Claire at short, Skylar at second, Bailey at first, and by Bailey I mean Hempel. Right. So you've got Dowling sliding into second base. You don't like it though. I, don't I can like tell it at by all. your face. No,
0: I don't like it at all because you have Claire and Skylar. You can't take Skylar out of the lineup. Right. And my God, Kaylee Dowling's got to be in the lineup.
1: I know, but that's see that's where I get controversial. We'll go right. to DP. I've got Bailey Dowling as my yeah.
0: DP. Uh, actually. The, Scholars at second, Dowling Dalling's gonna DP. Can she play first?
1: Can she catch? Can she <laughs> catch?
0: I, that, that is literally, if somebody could catch, that would be awesome. Abby Dor is gonna be fine. Abby Dor is gonna be fine behind the plate. But we need a number two, right?
1: <laughs> That's not Bailey Hempel, yeah, because the stats prove that. Wow. Okay. So we have both got door behind the plate. So I think the biggest can we dilemma, have a twelve
0: person lineup? Can and we have the, three DPs? You can in the FGCL. <laughs> Just saying, there are right. ten
1: in the batting order down there. Wow. Obviously, the issue here is we both want Bailey Dowling in the lineup. Yep. She is a freshman coming in. We I have her starting ahead of a two time All American. What am I doing? Yeah. But at the same time, how do you deny? someone who it might be more hyped and I think if we were in a regular year might be more hyped coming in than even Montana was.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean
1: she's she's got all she's got it all.
0: And and coming in you were expecting her her bat to replace Bailey Hempel. Right. Now she gets to play with Bailey Hempel for a year. And you don't wow. want to
1: waste that chance.
0: No. Maybe <sighs> maybe Maddie Morgan's not an all time starter at third. Maybe you can I'm, shift a Skylar or Claire over. At, and over and the again, third. you
1: know, you don't know how Claire is. Right. When what she'll because we remember Mary Half. We were talking about this at lunch earlier. Mm-hmm. Mary Half had the ACL injury. She, that was the year before, and she still didn't look right. like she was back.
0: And that, and as as good as Claire is defensively at short and really the quarterback of the infield to like just a shorthanded shortstop, she's going to have to produce a little bit more offensively, For sure. consistently. To be able to be a part of this lineup on a daily basis, which is amazing to say. as a fifth year, sixth year senior, whatever she'll end up being, man. I hate I don't this. Know. I too, hate
1: this. Too many good
0: players. This is the worst but the question depth, we've ever yeah. had. <laughs> but the depth is awesome. Yeah. And I think Patrick Murray's gonna be able to play the matchups a lot more than he's been able to in the past because of that depth. You know, he's he has Righties, he's got lefties. One thing's for sure as well if you go into a slump, there's no just keep putting somebody out there. Yes, absolutely. You know, get themselves out of it. Nope, somebody else is coming in. Savannah Woodard started at second this entire time. We didn't say her name in right. this entire thing. And hopefully she's going to have a chip on her shoulder about
1: it good Uh, taylor clark too yeah taylor has been maybe the most improved you mean alabama's
0: home run leader for 2020 yes from from
1: the moment she stepped on campus to march 12th taylor clark might have improved more than anybody else in this program and
0: by the way Lexa kilfoyle can still hit
1: lord this is gonna be nasty i and you know what's what else is beautiful about this before we move on there actually is time to tinker this year now you play right. Texas. You got to win. You got to split with Texas. Right. Like you have to split with Texas. Yeah. But based on what we've seen, and again, could change. But you're not getting the murderer's row you were getting right. in 2020. That in was the
0: yeah. Uh, yeah. You weren't ever. You weren't able to take a breath at any point during the non-conference schedule for Alabama in 2020. There's going to be some times where you may be able to, to move some people around and try some things without. You know, I mean, every pitch meant so much in every game. Yes. Uh, it may not be quite the case this next year.
1: Now, again, this is all in flux. Who knows? Yeah, By who the knows? time the season starts, we could have a home tournament with Oklahoma, Arizona, and Michigan. That would be that would be right. horrible.
0: But, <laughs> but awesome at the same time. Yes.
1: Our next question from Bree Billington. If you had to play for any coach besides the Bama SB staff, who would it be and why? And then said one from each conference maybe. So there's a lot to unpack there. I'm adjusting it to what we do. So our interactions with Coach Murphy, hanging out before games, after games, interviewing, just strategy talk sometimes in the clubhouse, one staff or head coach from the SEC that you would do that with besides Patrick Murphy, and then one from around the country.
0: Hmm. I'd say in the SEC, uh, uh, I think it'd be a lot of fun to hang out with the Missouri coaching staff. Agreed. Uh, they seem to be a lot of fun. LSU, I think, would be interesting. That'd be really cool. I can think of a couple of staffs I would not want to hang out with.
1: <laughs> a bunch <laughs> came to mind immediately for yeah. me.
0: Uh, but those those two, those two are the ones that I, I, I've kind of thought.
1: I would go Missouri, for sure. I think Larissa, she's cool. She knows the game. I think she'd be so much fun to just talk shop with mm-hmm. and, and just dissect pitching because that's, right. from a personal level, I love watching film on pitchers. I f- can't imagine anyone... Being more interesting to watch that with than Larissa Anderson. Oh yeah,
0: one hundred percent. Nationally,
1: it gets a little tougher.
0: I now with the addition of the volunteer assistant, I would I'd hang out with the Texas. People. You
1: would go out with the Texas folks. Yeah. That'd be fun. Mike White
0: is is actually
1: cool. When we did our coaches call with him right before yeah. the season was canceled, he was very neat, just a cool human. Yeah, and then Courtney Gettin's there, so that's
0: we hung out with, at in Oklahoma City. Uh, had some interaction with the UCLA coaching staff. But they were fun. They were cool.
1: I'm going to go Florida
0: State. I feel like Lonnie, I feel like
1: Lonnie's just a nice person. Yeah. Uh, rivalry, sudden rivalry aside, <laughs> sudden most hated Seminoles. I uh I I would enjoy hanging out with Lonnie and just and working with her. 'Cause I mean they're we know how open they are. They've got sure. a podcast. Right. They wouldn't hide anything from us. No.
0: If if someone if we get to hang out with the Florida State coaching staff, I want them to take us on a tour of the circus uh, Yes. Uh, <laughs> where you can go to learn circus at Florida State. Circusing and whatnot. Right. I want I want to go under the big top if we're going trapezing or <laughs> clowning or whatever it is that we're doing. That's all we want, Lonnie. Right. We don't even need to appear on the podcast. No. We just want. Just because want, we have I to just, go
1: back to Tallahassee because that, right. that's how all this began.
0: That's the only way we got to go through, back through the time warp portal and uh, get this thing righted. Okay. In the circle, our podcast friends mm-hmm. have said we
1: wanted to know who would win a showdown between your podcast and ours if we put together our best SEC teams. If this is all time. I, I think the answer's us. Yeah. Right. I mean, Maybe. we're the
0: SEC people. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, if we're if we're talking UCF softball, I'll give them the, uh, <laughs> I'll give them the, the Duke. But uh, at this point, I'm uh take any of our five teams that we drafted, and I would put those against anybody from any era.
1: Absolutely. Oh, really? Okay. Any era. That's interesting.
0: Yeah. Hmm.
1: Possible exercise for future. Mm-hmm. We do have a while until our next idea, which is in <laughs> December. Right. So we'll come up with something. Hmm, noted in the circle stay tuned to your dms justin <laughs> mcleod has asked what is the best kind of cereal and why is it fruit
0: loops oh wow
1: okay so first off no i mean fruit loops are fine they're but they're, not. they're solid at best really that is not the best cereal solid at all at best. solid at best wow fruit loops when i go to there's a breakfast buffet in birmingham we go to a lot on saturdays they've got the cereal set up fruit loops are option three for me Wow. Option two is Cheerios. You get a little sugar added to it. It's plain old Cheerios. Sugar makes it better. But option one to me, and I think it's the best cereal, Frosted Flakes, man.
0: It's hard to beat a good Frosted Flake.
1: Oh, man. It's so good. As long as it's fresh. If you've got the bad Frosted Flakes. It's got to be the good ones. That's when it gets dicey. But new Frosted Flakes,
0: is the best cereal. I would put Frosted Flakes at number two for me. Ooh, okay. Number one. Can uh, I guess? Okay.
1: What's the What's the Cocoa Puffs? Is that it? No, I okay. mean I,
0: I don't I don't mind Cocoa Puffs. Okay. Not, they wouldn't be in, in the top five. Probably go for it. Number one, Golden Grams. What is that? <laughs> what are Golden Grams? Seriously? Are those Are
1: those What is that? Is that like Cinnamon Toast Crunch? Except
0: not. I mean, it, yeah, it, it's the same shape as a Cinnamon Toast Crunch.
1: You look very offended right I now. I can't believe
0: there's no way you don't know what Golden Grams are. I don't. Google golden grams right now. Okay, I'm doing it, and you'll feel silly because I know you know what golden. How grams do I are. spell
1: grams?
0: G R A. Oh, okay, like
1: yeah. okay. Yeah, I've never had these.
0: No, I've never had these. What? Okay, when we're done, go to the store get some golden grams. I can buy some off Target right now. Apparently, yeah.
1: <laughs> okay. Oh, wow. I, they do look familiar. I've never had them.
0: Really? Okay. I'm sorry. Yeah, I am. Somewhat offended. So yeah, Golden Grams one, Frosted Flakes two, and uh, Cinnamon Toast Crunch is three.
1: Okay, I, I like Cinnamon Toast Crunch as well. I love that I've committed the two cardinal sins of this podcast: <laughs> befriending an Oklahoma <laughs> Sooner and Washington Husky, and not knowing about Golden
0: Grams. Jeez, so you're gonna say War Eagle next or something? Don't
1: make this podcast unsuitable for children, please. <laughs> T- 2020
0: keeps getting weirder.
1: Okay, this is a uh, complicated question. This is kind of a two-parter. Yeah. So thoughts on Athletes Unlimited and how the first season will turn out. We'll explain that in just a moment. And then how do you grow the pro game? So first off, Athletes Unlimited. For those that don't know, this is a new softball professional league. I think they're in Chicago. I'm pretty sure they're in a bubble. It is a little interesting because what they do is they they do a draft. I'm not sure how many teams there are. And then each game, you've got the winners and losers, obviously. And I think that there are points assigned to that, perhaps. It's it's a little convoluted. But each player is assigned points for these games. So, for example, a single is worth 10 points. A double is worth 20. You can lose points by getting caught stealing. That's pretty much it, losing points-wise for batters. and what pitchers. striking out? Striking out, uh, I don't think that is worth anything, which is a little interesting. Yeah. Pitchers can lose 10 points for giving up an earned run. So what they do is they calibrate all these points, and then they redraft everybody after, I guess, a week, maybe two weeks. I'm not sure how long this will go, but they basically have new teams crafted each week. I think it's an interesting concept. When paired with how you grow pro softball, as much as I'm intrigued by this league and I'm proud of them because they got the ESPN, the CBS deal, I don't think this is it.
0: Maybe not. I think the best, like, if you gave me what is the dream scenario for professional softball to make waves in the United States, the I think the dream scenario is for Major League Baseball to do like NBA did with WNBA. Yes. And, and basically, uh, you know, create a league like that, that has that, that panache and, and has the, and has that standing and then, you know, can get on. Cause the main thing, if you got, you got to be able to get, get the game on TV yeah. and, and have it look really, and have it look professional, have it look really good. Don't make it where they're having to play on uh, either, you know, at, at a park or at, or, or on a baseball diamond. And, and it needs to be a, you know, softball stadiums. Absolutely. um and then you know and then pay salaries that are going to make the the best players want to come play uh and get it on TV um and you know it needs to be like if it needs to be a 12 team league or a fifth you know a big yeah. league it's like you know as I understand what why things are as they are in the NPF that type of thing but uh, you got to have you got to have a big enough league where different you know c- cities can really adopt their teams and 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 follow them and then you need whoever's in charge not to be connected to a team. They need to be like the, the, the yes. person in charge. A commissioner. A commissioner. Yeah. Um, which which would be the other scenario if you don't have major league baseball, you have one person just want as a huge softball fan and I want to, and I have an extra hundred million dollars and I'm throwing it in. We're we're building this thing from scratch. But this person does not need to be the one in charge of a team, because that team's going to be just, just stacked and everybody else is, is going to be fighting.
1: For sure. Here's my thought about it and why I'm a little wary of this working. I do think they are going the correct route in one area, and that is making the players noted. They've got big-time players. I think a lot of people will watch these games to see Cat Osterman. They're going to watch these games – to see an Aubrey Monroe, just throwing right. that name out there. They're yeah. going to watch to see some of their favorite players from when they played in college. And I think, again, this might be – I'm not a huge WNBA fan, to be honest. But right now I could tell you plenty, plenty of professional women's basketball players. I'm not sure I could tell you which team many of them are on. Right. I know Sabrina Ionescu is going to be dope, and she is going to win Rookie of the Year – I think she's on the Liberty. Does I think that's that sound right? right? But I'm, I'm, but I'm, I'm, I'm not, not sure. Right. right. Yeah. So the problem with me is that I think the softball league, the athletes unlimited, is doing the right thing, emphasizing the player. I think a this math is too complicated. It's it's yeah. just it's too there's too many numbers. Too I many under, numbers.
0: I understand, and I applaud thinking out of the box and trying something. We'll see if it works. But yeah, it, it seems a little complicated.
1: But even if you are watching these games for the players, you've got to be able to sell a jersey. Yeah. You've got to be able to sell a Cincinnati something with an yeah. Osterman on the back. Yep. That is what gets people bought in when these leagues have teams that are in those cities. And... This league, I think, is going to be interesting i I'm not sure what attendance is I'd have to assume in Chicago, which has seen a decent amount of cases. They won't let fans in or if they do, it'll be a very small number. But I'm just not sure that this is the format to grow softball as a professional sport.
0: no, but like I say, it maybe just is for what it is for right now, and uh, any i I applaud anyone trying something at this point. So absolutely, uh, it, yeah. Uh, you know, give give it a shot. But uh, I think if you're if you were looking at something, you know, how is it in ten years we need to have you know a professional softball league that's going on? Uh, I think the best scenario would be, like I said, a major league baseball that that farms it out, uh, or just a a multi that that wants to create it from scratch, but not be in, in, in charge of one team.
1: Agreed. All right, last question. If teams are forced to only play regionally, what teams will that hurt and help the most? So that is assuming that COVID puts us in a situation where they're doing conference-only scheduling and then maybe in-state, I guess, non-con. Right. So hurts the most? I have, I think I have to throw Alabama in there because the non-conference would be teams around, and I'm not sure how many besides maybe a Troy would help the RPI.
0: Yeah, Um. I think a Michigan, you know, it hurts somebody like that a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, any of the possible Big Ten, a Minnesota, somebody like that, I think it hurts them a lot. Uh, anybody in California or Florida is going to be just fine. I, I would um, throw Kentucky in there too.
1: I know there aren't a lot of schools in Kentucky per right. se, but they, you know, everything's within four and a half
0: hours of Lexington. Right. Uh, so I, 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 and I don't. Hopefully, by the spring, we're not talking about. This, that, but uh, you got to consider all the different possibilities uh oklahoma outside of the big Tw- the big 12 there's you know really not a whole Tulsa and then yeah yeah texas and oklahoma they might they might not be in the best position there i'd say if there was anybody that was going to make a run from the northeast uh but i can't really think of anybody right offhand uh that that, that would be really affecting that would be a a, a major contender
1: yeah i wouldn't I don't know. But I mean I hope it doesn't come to this. No. Because but we're already seeing it might come to this not because of the virus itself, but because of the funding that comes to these schools from football. Right. Which at a lot of these mid majors, unfortunately, football is either not happening at all or probably and fingers crossed happening in the spring, but fall football looks looks not great for, you know, lower division. Uh, one schools and certainly, you know, FCS programs like that.
0: Yeah. So that's just all part of the flux. And that's going to be something you have to think about moving forward. And I would think as well, you mentioned RPI. This would be, if you're on our favorite thing, the selection committee, I think this is the type of year you just throw out the RPI. You just, you don't even. Absolutely. I mean, because. Let us pick. Good Lord. Because teams, team schedules are, you know, they'd have no real control over them this year you know so the, it's, it's i think that's something you're even if if we're able to play a regular season as per you know as as it stands there are going to be some restrictions yeah. we
1: so. might but you know there is already a state that we know that i won't mention but they have told their teams they cannot play non-conference outside of that state right so it's either those teams are going to those schools or they're having to play group of five squads two hours away yep that's going to kill their rpi mm-hmm uh, committees, we can't wait to talk about you. I can't believe we're at that point in the corona ness of our current world that I would just <laughs> want to talk about committees. Yeah, that is our mailbag. Lots of answers. I really enjoyed the conversation. But Tom, now we've got the sign. We're ready to go. The green light, guys, back at it. Mm-hmm. I've got Mikhail Transu, my new friend, out of Missouri, FGCL Coach of the Year. We uh we we shared some words together. And you'll hear that as we head to the stealing second portion of the show here on the Out of the Box podcast. Welcome into the stealing second portion of the show here on the Out of the Box podcast. Unfortunately... We will not have the interview with Michaela Transu. There were just too many complications and miscommunications as we were trying to get everything going together. So unfortunately, Michaela could not join us for this episode, which is a real shame because I had so many things to talk about. We were really excited to discuss Mac Leonard and more players in the league who caught her eye, what she learned being a head coach in this league, and hopefully we'll have a chance to do that at some point. But unfortunately, it just couldn't happen for this episode because of certain circumstances. Either way, we'll make sure to have Michaela back on at some point. However, that does mean this will be the shortest stealing second segment in the show's history. So we'll go ahead and get ready to round third. Because coming up on the other side, we've got Transfer Portal News and the Athletes Unlimited Draft. Tom will be right back with me as we get ready to round third here on the Out of the Box Podcast summer episode. Welcome back. It's time to round third here on the Out of the Box podcast. Gray Robertson, Tom Canterbury, back in the studio where we belong. Some transfer portal news. Now, I'm not actually sure which of these we've talked about and which we haven't, quite frankly. (laughs) But let's start with the biggest one, which to me was Jana Johns leaving South Carolina. I think we mentioned it at some point, but then we found out she picked Oklahoma.
0: Uh, Well, thank goodness, because I was worried about Oklahoma not having anybody good.
1: They were were already so light in the lineup. Yeah. Oh boy!
0: Well, this is a this is a big you know Oklahoma adds you know the rich get richer there, but this is that's a this is a huge blow to South Carolina.
1: Absolutely, this is a South Carolina team. Do you remember when we were twenty years younger, <laughs> right, doing the twenty twenty preseason show, and I had you buy in on South Carolina?
0: You did. You 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 as you were gaveling in as the president of the South Carolina fan club, you you kind of you brought me in. I moved them up. I think I had them like eighth or ninth, and I moved them up to. I think it Fourth? was
1: I think you had yeah, you moved them up a good three spots. Yeah. I had them fifth, I think. But now they're losing Jana Johns. Carly Heath going from South Carolina to Louisiana. She wasn't their ace, but she had to pitch more this year, and she actually did well because of the injuries to O and Dro Tar. Right. And I'm not sure what caused Johns to leave. I think it's a little alarming for South Carolina that Heath got more innings this year and still left. Right. So Either way, this is not a good sign for Bev Smith.
0: Yeah, it's kind of the same questions I have for what's going on at Georgia with 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 the good players just leaving. You know, so you kind of you kind of have to, have to question what's going on there. Oh, I'm gonna just say I know I know why they left, mm. but I can't
1: share it no. because
0: it was told in privacy. Uh, uh, if it, Alabama ever plays Oklahoma State again, I can't believe we were <laughs> so close and I didn't do it. But I just when they come to the plate why <laughs> hey why I'm sure that'll go
1: well hey, please don't get thrown out of a game <laughs> i need you there tom <laughs> don't leave me alone um yeah it's uh it's not a good reason mm. so i'll just say that take that as you want yeah out there. there uh-huh. and you tom <laughs> done so a couple others i did want to highlight one that is in the portal right now that is my new friend maddie banks fgcl player Playing for my guy, Pete DeMort, at Virginia Tech. She hit 340 in 2020 after hitting 259 in 2019. She's got a good swing. She's a smart kid. She can play anywhere in the field. She is about as athletic as anyone I've seen in terms of just pure athleticism. Reminds me a lot of Skyler in the way that she's able to maneuver around the infield. I think she's going to make somebody very good wherever she goes. I know she really hopes to go to a Power 5 school. I- I'm excited to watch her. And... Uh, I'm interested in what's going on at Virginia Tech because there seems to be a little trouble bubbling. This is, I think, player five to enter the portal four or five, which is never a good sign for a program, especially when you've been winning of late,
0: right? And 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 not a not a program that is used to winning. So you kind of you know you've got Virginia Tech uh, making noise in the ACC. The, you know technically won the conference in 2019. Yeah, it's very odd and, and very troubling to see so many people uh, transferring out. Yeah. So Pete Demore, you're still my guy, but what's going on?
1: Yeah. You know, just shoot me a DM. We all we all follow each other. Hey, Pete, Twitter. why? <laughs> That's gonna be our next T-shirt.
0: <laughs> <interesting>. Hey, why? <laughs> It really fits so much. I can just do that for 2020.
1: Yes, yeah, just wait until we get to off the wall. All right, yeah. All right. Gigi Wall from Texas Tech to North Texas. Not a huge story, but I did find this interesting because North Texas was one of the mid majors who was kind of making some noise. I wouldn't be shocked to see them make a run in yeah. 2020, that kind of team. And now they're adding another pretty solid arm. She left because she was young and she was the number three at Texas Tech. She's talented, but yeah. You know, uh, good news, I, I think, for group of five schools to get transfers like that.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, and North Texas, like you said, they, they were doing well in twenty twenty. They had a couple of big wins where the, one did they beat Oklahoma? They did. That's right. I was trying to. It's been so long.
1: And Louisiana, right? Yeah,
0: I was like, I remember North Texas did some things. I'm trying to remember <laughs> what it was exactly.
1: Oh my gosh, we're yeah. going to be walking our way through the wilderness very soon to figure out 2021 and what <laughs> I, that'll look like. I have a vague memory of a Cook's best Control board <laughs> update. Remember really when know. nobody was saved, Tom? <laughs> right. Oh gosh, it's, what, a, mm. what a world. Yeah. Last one I want to highlight, a- Ivy Davis going from Arizona to Tennessee. Her stats were solid, but what impressed me was while she was in Tucson, she started at seven different positions. First, second, third, short two of the outfields, and DP. That, to me, seems important because we have seen defensively that Tennessee has had some issues when a, when a player or two goes down, but sometimes even it just takes one player. Yeah, Everything is in flux, and they, they need a piece like this, like Ivy Davis, who's played at a big-time level, who can slide him wherever she's needed.
0: Yeah, that that's a big get. You mentioned playing at a big-time level. It's easy, you know, sometimes making that leap up. You, you can have somebody that say that they, they started – at five different or seven different positions, but it was at you know Central Michigan. Yeah, it's a little it's a little different when you go to somewhere in the SEC. Arizona being able, you know, you're not going to get you. You played in a lot of big games there. Yes, including against us. Yes, and against Tennessee actually a couple mm-hmm. times. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, so the, that's it for the transfer portal news. It's time to do our own draft. Something different from the Bama U bracket and the SEC draft. This is us drafting as if we are. The owners or coaches Mm -hmm. of
0: Athletes Unlimited. Not sure how this is working, but okay.
1: Uh, Athletes Unlimited, for the record, I need a little more detail. (laughs) A a little stronger presence on social media, if Mm. you don't mind. So we're going to look at the five positions labeled for the athletes that are there. Catcher, infield, lefty pitcher, outfield, righty pitcher. And we're going to take one player to be the basis of our team. Okay. So... Again, I, I haven't completely looked through everything. I do know one person I'm absolutely taking if I get the first pick, but I will not take it. I will cede the first pick to Tom, so you can pick where we start okay. and
0: uh, go with the first pick. Let's go to right-handed pitchers.
1: Okay, right-handed pitchers. Mm-hmm. All right, so who jumps out at you? Noting that Sarah Gronawagen is on here, but she has decided she will not play this summer. Okay.
0: Oh, there's a couple. Samantha Schau, she's uh dabbing on her way through. You got I think out of these you gotta take Kelly Barnhill.
1: Wow, so you just can't stay away from can't. Barnhill. Yeah. No. I'm I'm gonna stick with my guns. Alicia Icasio. She pitches and I can throw her wherever the heck I
0: want. All right. That's those are both good picks.
1: Boom. Let's go to lefty pitcher because I want Kat Osterman. Well, yeah. And I'm taking Kat. Cat <laughs> Osterman is my pick for lefty pitcher. That leaves only three, but actually Three that we're very familiar with and three very talented pitchers.
0: Yeah. I believe I'm going to take Taylor McQuillan.
1: Okay. Right. I mean, that's, you know, I like that pick. Right, yeah.
0: The the other two The other two that were available are Danielle O'Toole and Haley Wagner. Both of those are very, very good. I, I don't think – it's kind of like th- all three of those are yeah. kind of – you can take one.
1: I, I actually would lean Haley Wagner if I were you there, but I just don't know what she's been up to. It's been a couple years
0: since she played at Michigan. Right. Yeah, and we know that uh, McQuillan, she she's pitching for – uh, Team Mexico. She's you know she's been pitching uh, continuously, yeah. so you know, she may be in, in the best shape of anybody. All right, where are we going next, Tom? What, what we got outfield wise? Uh oh, I know, I know where you're going. Well, let's see, let's see all who all pops up. Yeah, I think uh, I'm gonna make my pick here. Uh, yeah, uh, some someone who's done some decent things, Haley mclinney mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great pick. <laughs>
1: I all right. First off, I also love looking at this because we see players that we just talked about. Morgan Howell is playing in this. She just graduated from Arizona State a couple mm-hmm. years ago, mm-hmm. or she might graduate this year. I'm, I don't totally remember because we didn't play the Devils this <laughs> year. I like Megan Wiggins out of Georgia. I feel like I owe Michelle
0: Moultrie for no for, one picking her. For just everyone not picking her into the last round.
1: I no. am, however, going to go with Kylan Becker out of really? Ole Miss. Yes. I, I, I think – Nicole Pinley is available. Yeah, I'm going to go Kylan Becker. And you're going to go Kylan Becker. I'm going to go Kylan Becker. Yeah, right. I feel like I feel like she's a solid leadoff that I can build. Oh, yeah. yeah. It, uh, no. Is she the best player on the board? No. But I I like her for the team I'm trying to craft. Okay. I'll just say that. Okay. Let's go to catcher. All right, so we are looking, and there are, I think, nine catchers available. Yes, I'm going Auburn. No, I'm not. I'm going Savannah Jaquish. I'm going Savannah Jaquish. In this U-trip trip trip that the FGCL did, the first two nights, she was 3-for-6 with 8 RBI. She has not lost a step since LSU. and She graduated in 17. My pick is Jaquish.
0: It's a good pick, uh, but you're leaving me, Aubrey Monroe. So I'm going to take her.
1: You, I got the offense. You got the defense. Yeah, I. You know, we we take what we can get. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so that leaves us with the infield as the uh,
1: the last category. Now this will be a lot of options. So stay tuned, Tom. Look, be looking as we scroll through. What again? What I love about this, you're seeing so many different people. Amanda Sanchez is in this. I mean, Tori Vidalis, Jesse Warren. Ooh. Lots of mm. lots of choices. Shelby Penley, mm-hmm. Aubrey Leach. I if I had multiple picks, Aubrey Leach is probably sliding in. Allie Aguilar, who's pretty clutch. Callie Clifton out of Oklahoma.
0: Where are we going, Tom? If I didn't have the bias that I have, I would probably pick Aguilar. But I know why you're not picking. But me. I can't. <laughs> I just can't I can't make myself do it. Uh so I'll go I'll go with someone who did do a lot of damage to Alabama, but there were a lot of times in games Alabama still figured out a way to win. I'll go Tory Vidalis.
1: Shoot. That's what I wanted. <laughs> I am going to go Jesse Warren. Uh, okay. MVP, or I guess MOP at the World Series. Incredible bat. I didn't realize until I was doing my U-trip board that she was Defensive Player of the Year in the ACC. We all know about the diving catch against oh, Washington. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's a pretty good yeah. piece to start out with on my infield. So I'm going Jesse Warren. I, I enjoy my team. The possibility of Cat Osterman, Savannah Jaquish, Jesse Warren, Kylan Becker, and Alicia casio it's a good place to start. Now, these, again, are not teams of five in Athletes Unlimited, <laughs> no, but we're just talking that'd about our base.
0: That would be an interesting softball game. All right, who do you think, of all the players
1: you've seen, you know the point system, offensively and then pitching, who do you think will be the highest points getters right out of the gate?
0: I think Haley's got a great chance because she, she she can hit for power. She can hit for average. She'll steal bases. Uh, she doesn't strike out. Uh, she won't get caught stealing very often, if ever. So I think Haley has, is a great shot. I agree. Haley would be my choice. Home runs could play a
1: factor, but I think just overall volume of success. Who gets on base? I think I think parts in the lineup and where you are will be critical as well yeah. i'd be shocked if haley's not leading off every game this summer sure so she's gonna have more chances than everybody else
0: pitching wise uh, the pimley sisters too i think either one yeah. of them is gonna have really big really big numbers
1: so pitching wise it's plus four for every out minus 10 for every earned run given up so basically who's gonna give up the least earned runs it's gotta be cat right
0: cat yeah. and barnhill i think would be your your two best
1: yeah, I agree. My only issue with Barnhill is all she's got to do is give up a three-run shot, and that's minus thirty. Yeah. Oh.
0: <laughs> so look out. Well, just don't do that.
1: Oh goodness. Okay, that's our athletes unlimited draft. I'm just really intrigued to watch this. Yeah. I wish that you know some people have maybe called us to go up and do some <laughs> or do some virtual so is, broadcasting, but
0: it goes. Hey, okay, is this on TV? Is this
1: it, it, so? From what I understand, it will be on the plus and then on CBS Sports Network and okay. perhaps maybe Big ESPN. A couple times, but it, it is there are contracts involved. From what I understand, the athletes unlimited people are picking the broadcasters. We have not gotten a call yet.
0: Yeah, I mean,
1: shame on them. My but, phone
0: is not rung.
1: But I mean, I don't know. I, it'll be fun to watch this kind of softball. I I do wonder what the ratings will look like um, because I I don't think it will be what college softball would have looked like no. this year.
0: No, I really wish they had started this like. Six weeks ago, for sure, when there was nothing happening,
1: right? But you know,
0: yeah. Now we're to the point where everything is going to be happening. <laughs> we hope we very hope. soon. We need we Paul ball to come continues. around. Yes.
1: All right, it's time for us to head home, Tom. It's been a fun little reunion here in the booth, yes. but uh, we've got it. We've got some things to cover. Okay, I've got something on my chest. I need to get off.
0: Well, that's why we have a podcast.
1: That's right. It's time to head home here on the Out of the Box podcast. Off the wall coming up, plus a new segment highlighting the good happening in the world, because I think it's important that we do that. All that coming up as we head home here on the Out of the Box podcast. Ah, it's so good to be back. It's time to head home here on the Out of the Box podcast. Tom, Have you enjoyed our triumphant return back through the doors here into the studio?
0: (laughs) I have. Uh, We're still socially distancing ourselves in the studio, but we're here. Any type of return to normalcy, I'm good with.
1: We have not coughed or sneezed once. I will just say that.
0: Thanks for putting that jinx on us, (laughs) but yes.
1: All right, let's, uh, let's see what we've done so far before we dive into the end. We started at the plate, talked about my summer not to be, you know, too all about me, but it was fun. Yeah, and yeah. then we broke down some Alabama news, which, again, always good to see news coming out. And it was pretty much all good news for the most part. Yeah. Uh, you know, you hate to see some of the people leave the program. But, I mean, again, Alabama's headed in the right direction, so nothing really to complain about.
0: Yeah, no, it'll be interesting to see once things, hopefully, everything gets back to where we can play as per, as the schedule sets up for 2021, uh, where Alabama will fall in those preseason uh, polls and, I think it's definitely at least top five. My gut would be
1: four right now. Yeah. That's
0: just where it cause I Which think, would be fine.
1: I think behind UCLA, Arizona, Oklahoma.
0: I'm actually fine. It, we could be 10th. I'd be fine. I'm good
1: with it, too. Yeah.
0: <laughs> we Don't ad- need to be one. <laughs> Amen. Let's go not one. I'm not
1: a rat poison believer, but I also, you know, I don't want those expectations right.
0: ever again. None.
1: I didn't enjoy it. <laughs> then we advanced the first. We did the mailbags. I broke Tom's heart. Not knowing about Golden grams Repeatedly. Yes, sorry. Friends with Huskies and Gators. And... It's just not a great podcast for our friendship. Mm. <laughs> then we stole second. Unfortunately, couldn't talk to Michaela Transu, but we will have her on very soon. But still, my favorite part about this league that we did, Tom, was I got to know a lot of coaches. And from that, more coaches from those people, like who they worked with. We've talked about this a lot. The softball community is just cool. Yeah. And... I got to meet more cool people this summer, and we're going to get to meet more cool people as the season goes on, because we're going to see a lot of familiar faces in 2021.
0: It's interesting how now the, the, one of the coolest places to go would be Missouri.
1: Absolutely. Was
0: not the case a few years ago. We know someone there now. If yeah. we went
1: back to Columbia, we could have Michaela show us, or at least tell us. She has to work, but right. tell us where to go.
0: I just want to know if Larissa remembers sitting next to us in, in Clearwater.
1: She did follow me on Twitter. I could DM her. Yeah. Should we do that right now and see if she answers by the end of a segment? Nah, we'll we'll save it. Larissa, All right. you can let us know if you tune in this far. Then we rounded third, talk transfer God portal. God bless you
0: if you are. <laughs>
1: and then we did the Athletes Unlimited Draft, and now it's time to head home. Tom, we've got off the wall. I've got something a little hefty, Ooh. but I'm going to save it and start with you. What do you have that I, you're I, feeling right now?
0: I was going to cede the floor to you. Are you? Yes. Ooh.
1: Excuse me, while I adjust the chair. Yeah,
0: because as I said, just the off the wallness of this of everything that's going on right now. uh, It's a cop out, but it's it really is. But but it's it's not wrong. It's hard for me to find the one thing uh, to to point out at this point.
1: Okay, you actually know this a little bit because I texted it to you. So this FGCL league that I was broadcasting for, for which I was broadcasting for, using correct grammar, was full of incoming freshmen freshmen, sophomores, couple juniors. There were two seniors there, waiver seniors, but it was young players. Mm-hmm. We cultivate a roster of—they were calling them the All-Stars, that's not it. They were the best of the available <laughs> because right. this was a trip added on late. Some of the players couldn't go. Some uh, just just weren't able to do it, and so yeah. we brought the best— Uh, that we figured could compete with you, Triple S a pride that could handle it schedule wise. Okay. We go, Mm -hmm. you know, who was getting squeezed by the umpires, the college team, Dallas Escobedo had a strike zone, the size of the pinwheel right behind us, which could be off the stage of the price is right. Right. And, Shannon Sale, my new friend Shannon Sale from Oklahoma, which again, sorry, had a strike zone the size of an average sheet of paper. They were giving the edges to the professional team and not to the college team. And at first I thought, yeah, whatever, you know, they're home. It's fine. We don't have a great shot anyway. Right. And we're the college team, you know. Game three rolls around, and this college team is beating – The U Triple SA Pride, thanks to Kenna Wilkie, one nothing going into the fifth. Into the fifth Tom. Kenna Wilkie is spinning a gym. But in the top of the fifth, Devin Flaherty, again, new friend from Florida State, beats out an infield single, beats it out by two steps, and she is called out. It is bad. It is blatant. The people I'm in the booth with, because this was the one game I broadcasted on the U S A feed. They probably didn't love me because I called out the officials so much. They were looking at me saying, that is an awful call. The guy I was doing it with said, let's look at the replay. And I, to paraphrase, essentially said, we don't have to. She was safe. It was a bad call that seemed a little preordained. I'll just say that. And then the college pitchers got squeezed again. Even smaller, with it being one nothing. you saw more walks, you saw more hits because the pitchers had to throw it over the middle, like we've talked about over the years. Mm -hmm. And here's the thing, I don't care about umpiring generally. I'll complain about the strike zone, I'll make comments about it if it's egregiously bad, but I do understand that sometimes things are one-sided, whether that's subconscious or not. Sometimes... Officiating is just bad, and that's part of the game. We have learned to accept it. <laughs> right, yes.
0: We, we've accepted a whole lot yes. over the last uh, few years.
1: My yes. issue was that all of the bounces, all of the calls, were going to the professional team. And there are two reasons I don't like that. One, you're guaranteeing a non-competitive game. If If you were making it more difficult for the college team, which, again, these are all young, young players who are playing against people they watched while they were in junior high and high school. If you're making it more difficult for them, the product will suck. Yeah. It it just will. I don't know if Devin Flaherty is able to score if she gets on in the top of the fifth, but say the correct call is made and she's safe, the next batter up Leonard hammered a line drive. It was right to Sidney Romero, but if it's not, Devin might score. Who knows?
0: Well, that's one thing we've we've seen: softball, baseball, those type of games. The the one play changes everything, right? There, there's no way you can you can tell how much it changes. The college team was winning, but
1: the momentum was gone when that call was made. I mean you could just tell. Devin Flaherty was who's an emotional player, but this was a new side of her that I saw as she was going back to the dugout. Number two, these people on the U Triple S A Pride are trying out for Olympic teams. A lot of them got invited to the Combine. A lot of them did not make the team, which is why they're playing for the Pride. If you want to get back at the top of your game, face adversity, and then beat it properly without aid. That's what I'm thinking.
0: Sure. Make and, it, and it's not like the, the players have right. anything to do with that. But, no, I know. But right, s- yeah. but
1: still, it. I, I don't understand if you're trying... If you're a, at a Pride perspective, if you're trying to better prepare those players for Team USA, which I think we all know at this point in this sport at this moment, that is the goal, to -hmm. be on Team USA. Then to fight back from a game against perky college kids who are playing the game of their lives, they need to be able to do that without an extremely tight strike zone. That was another part of that that bothered me. I just I, I was really perturbed with the fact that the professionals were getting the calls. Yeah, And it was one-sided on the side of the people who've been playing this sport outside of college longer collectively than probably these kids have been playing it in college.
0: Yeah. In general, uh, outside of this particular game, I didn't see this particular game that you're talking about, but I, I totally understand what you're saying. But in general, I don't understand not calling strikes for sure that that's been an issue i've had a long time with with college softball uh, the umpiring is you shouldn't have to throw it in this little bitty box the strike zone is big is bigger than what it's called and you know if you're wanting a, an exi- a more exciting game uh, a faster paced game a game where you know you're you're able to have a true offense versus defense uh, a real good competition Strikes need to be called. Yes. You know, it, it, you shouldn't have to throw the entire ball over, you know, the middle of the plate to get a strike. The pitchers need to be able to use the edge if maybe even an inch or two both ways. You know, I'm not saying have a, you know, to throw out an old baseball uh, reference, not an Eric gregg size strike zone, but, you know, you should not be squeezing your pitchers. For sure. Because that- more strikes means a better, faster game, and and, and it makes – the offense swing the bat. No, it's not as exciting to watch a batter go up there and try to get a walk. Uh, you know, it's just not. Batters can hit things that are not one hundred percent strikes. Mm-hmm. Some, you know, the best uh, Amanda
1: Lorenza's done it many a yes, time.
0: One hundred, yeah, absolutely. So it, I, I think you know making the batter swing the bat more is always a positive, and they're not going to do that when the umpire wants to make it look. It's all about him behind the plate.
1: Yeah, I actually I've got one more thing to add about that, but. I I will say this. Again, I'm not saying I didn't enjoy the trip to the Space Coast and hang out with the S. A. pride. That was one of the coolest experiences I'll ever have, being with those college players, seeing the looks on their faces as they saw their heroes out on the field. Madison McPherson, who I referenced earlier, Georgia transfer, in Game 2 struck out Megan Wiggins, one of the best Bulldogs to ever play. And she had a smile on her face the size of the state of Georgia (laughs) when she came back in the dugout. Sure. That stuff is great. I think the games were great. I just think the officiating was a little, it left a little to be desired. And I think if you actually want a good product, because again, right now, softball wise, you're the only show in town, or you were at that point that was available on a major platform, make sure that the games are being done from an officiating standpoint, the way they should be.
0: Right. And that's something I've always talked about is the, we have not seen, unfortunately, the officiating in softball, it's really it's it's an all-sports situation, but softball is one of the main ones. Mm -hmm. The officiating has not evolved and grown to meet the level of the competitors. For sure. Uh, So I'm not saying there aren't good umpires out there, and I'm not saying you have to be perfect if you are an umpire. That We talked, you know, a missed call here and there, part of the game. Right. But just if it's just a, a poor overall game where it's call after call after call, That's a problem. Don't become the story. Right. My last off the wall is about that.
1: In the FGCL championship, the MVP was ejected for what was called flagrant obstruction on a fielder's choice, and no warning was given to either player. I actually think, looking back at it, Warning to both, and we're fine. Ejecting the MVP of the league in the top of the second inning is farcical. Not yeah. to steal your word, but good God, don't do that. Ludicrous. <laughs> do not eject no. Montana Fouts from the SEC Championship. No. Don't eject Taylor Pleasants from LSU in the SEC Championship. Not that that's a prediction, but we'll see if it works. <laughs> just don't don't be yeah. the story, umpires. No. That's, that is my off-the-wall.
0: I, I like it. Do
1: you have anything to add for off-the-wall besides just flat 2020?
0: Yeah, and then just the fact that you have never had Golden Grams is the (laughs) most off the wall thing I've ever heard. If I
1: ate Golden Grams with
0: Stormy (laughs) Kotselnick up
1: in Seattle, would you? Would your head explode?
0: (laughs) I'm not sure I'd be able to take it. And I do want to see Stormy and Silent Rain uh, go head to head. The promotional
1: pictures. I'm gonna I'm gonna craft artwork. Right. Stormy versus Silent Rain. I think that's the battle for third base.
0: And just just send it to the to the marketing and SID department at Washington. Say, hey, this no charge. This is for you. <laughs>
1: this is this is for you. Just give us credit. Right. I want to talk about it. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, that is off the wall, Tom. We've got some ideas. I will not spoil them because we do have other podcasts out there, and we don't want to you know tip our hand as much right. as we love everybody. Uh-huh. This is our idea that we're running with, but. It is something that we're going to try in December and January. Success rate undetermined. I think we can at least nail 50% of what we're going after, I think. This could be something that could change the game a little bit. Groundbreaking. Let's do it. So, stay tuned, folks. That's a tease. Whether we have a fall ball episode or not, expect us to be talking about SEC softball in a very special episode or two. In December so that's that's gonna be really fun before we sign off a new segment Tom this is something that I had at my college radio you know back in the 90.7 days you worked there you know yeah, how it goes. absolutely so when I took over for the student section we would end the show with what's good I took that idea this is full credit 100% to from the uh, the good place the podcast which was one of my favorite shows on NBC okay I think now it is something that is needed in the world more than ever because we turn on the news and we see negative this, negative that, and everything's scary. And mm-hmm. you know, there's the fear running rampant. That good news is necessary. So I've got my what's good right now. I don't know if you would add anything to add, perhaps, but there is there is some very good softball news to talk about.
0: Really, I'm yes. looking forward to hear about because I don't, I have not heard this.
1: Okay, so a couple days ago, maybe it was yesterday, but a couple days ago. Videos surface of the first fast-pitch team in Ghana for softball. It's a wow. youth team. Videos surfaced of some of the girls pitching. I think it was earlier today they had their first game, which is just incredible.
0: Yeah, this is Ghana. This this is in West Africa. I yes. All right. Mm-hmm. Wow. I mean. That's awesome. You're that good. makes me so happy. Yeah. Grow
1: the game. It's yeah. good stuff.
0: Yeah. So just, that's you know, and the the hope is 2021 you get to play the the Olympics of uh, 2020 uh and then there will not be baseball and softball in 2024 but hopefully back in 2028 and uh maybe maybe Ghana is representing Africa.
1: Those girls will probably be of age to do right. that. I assume they're probably 9 10 11 right now. Yeah. Oh that's, that's so cool. So congratulations Ghana, welcome to the softball world. Yeah. I'm glad Come you're on with us. in. That's what's good. We'll uh we'll do that. Probably every episode in season three, because the world needs good it's news my right now. Yes. Softball or, or elsewhere in the world. Uh, all right, so that's it, Tom. And anything you would like to add before we sign off? Until who knows when? Until, until we, our next great idea.
0: Until we go to the store to get Golden Grams.
1: <laughs> Is that what's happening I'm right good. now? Yeah. You,
0: I can't. You can't go another day without ever having Golden Grams. Oh gosh!
1: All right, I'll do it on the way home. Very very pushy, but okay. <laughs> do it on the way. <laughs> If they want to see me eat golden grams for the first time, because I'm gonna video it and you're probably gonna retweet it. Where yes. can people find you, Tom?
0: <laughs> go on on the Twitter machine and go to T Canterbury R T R C A N T E R B U uh, R Y. A couple things on there today. Uh, had a had a retweet of a clip from the final scene of Field of Dreams, uh, reminiscing about a time where all the men in the bus were crying on the way back from a trip. <laughs> Um, I, don't think I, was, I don't think i was don't I, think you, there were, for you that, were not on yeah. that one no but it was one of those it was a nighttime trip and and it was like you know so we watched it watched the end of it and you know spoiler alert from 1988 but you know kevin Costner uh has has a cat catch with his dad this is nighttime and, and I, I remember I, I i turned on the light above me and i look over nathan sheehan is, is kind of dabbing his eyes and it's like, it's, it's like yeah it's like we were we were all I'll cry. And so th- those are the type of cool things that you'll get out of my Twitter account.
1: Well, you know what? I'm glad I wasn't there because the people have already seen and heard me cry enough. <laughs> they don't need to throw in Field of Dreams uh, or Miracle. Uh, go there. If you want to follow me, at Gray, G-R-A-Y underscore Robertson. Follow the podcast at Out of the Box underscore pod. Also, I always forget to say this. Like and subscribe. Leave us a review that's nice. Oh, yeah. The five stars. Um, unless it's four for me, not eating whatever they're called, golden grains. Golden grains, yes. Locked in, I'm not gonna forget.
0: And also, we have apparel.
1: We do have apparel. That's true. The farcical shirts are still available. They were all shipped out the first order. Mm-hmm. I had many DMs that said, "Thank you. We love it. It's a good shirt. Have you worn it? Have, oh since? yeah. Oh yeah. One hundred percent. So if you want the farcical shirt, I've still got the koozies. They're still in the back of my car. And I don't know. I guess we're gonna do a hey. Why <laughs> clothing line?
0: One hundred percent. That's got to happen.
1: Yes. Also, I'm going to add one more. What's good before we sign off? Congratulations to Jen Schroeder, oh, because yeah, Rudy was born. News. I think it was last week. So Rudy, welcome after, to the world.
0: After her eleven month pregnancy, <laughs> she
1: was, she she used that to win the the SEC draft, and then yeah. Rudy was like, "Cool, I'm going to just stay just around gonna... <laughs> here for a while." <laughs> um,
0: I I I don't blame you, kid. <laughs>
1: Congrats to Jen. Thanks to you, Tom. So much fun.
0: Yes. I'm so happy we're, we're able to do this in the same room one Yes.
1: Time. I feel like this has been such a good show. We've had so much fun. Yes. You've all learned so much about us here <laughs> in the last <West. laughs> hour and change, nearing two hours. But that's it for this episode. Thank you, loyal listeners, your support during the offseason. And during this episode has been remarkable, and we've appreciated meeting a lot of you conversing with a lot of you on social media. That, to me, is always the best part, meeting listeners. I wouldn't call them fans because we don't do anything deserving of fanhood, but just people that love the sport like we do and Mm -hmm. hearing their thoughts and hearing them say hello, that's always fun. Absolutely. So, thank you to all you out there. Stay tuned for information about more bright ideas this summer, like maybe the SEC draft, whatever's coming in December, which we won't spoil, and Season 3 because we can get creative at times. Sure. we got to Got to get through the rest of this year. Just please. Plug along. Just keep going. Get me to September. Yes. All. Once we get to September, things will be okay, uh, is what they tell us. Very remember
0: when it was 15 days to stop the spread?
1: Yeah, it was 15 days ago times 50. <laughs> For my partner, Tom Canterbury, I'm Gray Robertson. Stay safe. Wash your hands so we can get back to normal. We'll see you next time on the out of the box
0: podcast here's a wet one for you thanks Tom